1: He wanted that blessing, but he didn't want to be the kind of person that God could bless. You know, that's a very common agenda among American Christians today. They want God's blessing, but they don't want to live a holy life that God can bless.
0: We want the blessing without the obedience. And that is, as Pastor Layton just mentioned, quite common today. Sad to say. Well, today, we'll be encouraged to be obedient for those blessings. Everybody's looking for the peace of God. First, we need to understand peace with God. This is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, back in Chapter 27 of Genesis. Won't you join us for an encouraging look at God's Word that we might grow in grace? Here's Leighton, and today's study, Verse
1: by Verse. After Isaac had eaten the meal, he asked Jacob to kiss him, and that kiss was yet another lie. Because a kiss is intended to express love from one to another, and how can you be loving somebody you are deceiving? That kiss was hypocritical. And so you see lie after lie after lie after lie. But what now about the blessing? Well, with regard to the blessing, Isaac blessed Jacob with much wealth and added political authority with reference to his own family as well as other nations. He accidentally reaffirmed the word that God had given about the boys and their relationship. He assured him not only of God's blessing but also God's protection and and quoted the Lord's original promise to Abraham. And no doubt when he got through it, he Isaac probably thought that he pulled a fast one on God. He fooled God. But actually, he was the one who was fooled. As, Isaac, as Jacob uh, slinked away in uh, Esau's clothing. After Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely, note the word scarcely, left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. So what it's describing here is a close call. Uh, Jacob had barely gotten out of the tent when his brother was coming in. And if they had been there at the same time, it would have been really hard to explain what he was doing dolled up like he was. Well, he too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. And then he said to him, my father, sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. His father, Isaac asked him, who are you? Boy, I'm your son, he answered. Your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. So the Isaac trembling violently is literally that he was terrified with a great terror. So why was he terrified? He was terrified because in that moment he realized that God had been watching the whole thing. And he had been rebelling against God. And that's what brought the terror. And that's what brought him to submissive conclusion indeed he shall be blessed because that was his way of declaring he had lost this and God had won and after that there was nothing that could change his mind that Jacob was the one God had chosen to be blessed not even the tears of his beloved Esau could change that once the blessing was given it could not be revoked when Esau heard his father's words He burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob? He's deceived me these two times. He took my birthright, and now he's taken my blessing. And then he asked, Haven't you reserved any blessing for me? And Isaac answered Esau, I have made him lord over you, and have made all of his relatives his servants. And I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. And Esau wept aloud. This man who had despised his birthright, married two godless women, is now crying for his father to bless him. And of course, it's not his fault. It's his brother's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. We might call it a victim mentality, but he, he's sarcastic about his brother. Takes his name and says, deceiver. That's, that's, that's what my brother is. And it's an accurate characterization of his brother. But ultimately, the responsibility for losing remains Esau's. And the author of Hebrews makes it clear. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless, godless, godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterwards, you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. These were not tears of repentance for having been an ungodly man. These were tears of regret because he had lost the blessing. He wanted that blessing, but he didn't want to be the kind of person that God could bless. You know, that's a very common agenda among American Christians today. They want God's blessing, but they don't want to live a holy life that God can bless. His father Isaac answered him, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword, which means he's going to live by plunder and war. And you will serve your brother. That's that's what God said. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. Now, we're not agrarians, so a yoke is something they put on the shoulders of an animal And they tie ropes or chains to whatever it is that animal is supposed to pull. And so the yoke is oftentimes in Scripture used as a symbol for being in subjection or under someone's control. And so to break the yoke is to be free from the brother's authority. And so the the patriarch here promised Esau, who, remember, is also called Edom, uh, and his descendants are called the Edomites, Um, that that he was not going to have freedom from dominion from Israel, but only a repeated and occasionally successful struggle for freedom. And so there is this cycle when you read through the Old Testament of servitude, revolt, and reconquest between the Edomites and the Israelites. So just as Isaac had said, so it was so. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. My dad's getting ready to die. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. He said it to himself, it says. But mom has eyes in the back of her head and ears I don't know where. When Rebekah was told what her older son Esau had said, she sent for the younger son Jacob and said to him, Your brother Esau is consoling himself with the thought of killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Again, flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. And when your brother's no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, I'll send word for you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you? in one day. And that last phrase that she's, that last question she's asking implies that she knows, she expects someone to avenge Jacob's murder by killing Esau, and that might be God himself. Now, what she said, she probably wouldn't have said if she knew what she was saying, but because Jacob ended up being gone for 20 years, and it's highly probable that she never had another opportunity to be with her favorite son. You know, this story is very, very real, and everyone in this story is busy sinning. Uh, no one looks good. Not Isaac, not Rebecca, not Jacob, not Esau. Dad is trying to deliberately disobey God. Mom and one of the sons is manipulating and scheming, and you know this. This family was filled with jealousy and envy and deceit and manipulation and can I say stupidity? Um, And because of that, everyone lost. Rebecca was forced to send her favorite son to a far off place, and and he spent twenty years there. Being deceived by his uncle in response for him deceiving his brother and father. And Isaac destroyed his family. And Esau, he, he lost everything. Folks, this is one really dysfunctional family. And you know, you might come from a family uh, you think is dysfunctional. Actually, folks, if the secret was known, we all come from dysfunctional families, okay? They just vary in where they're dysfunctional and how much they're dysfunctional, but every one of us is in a family filled with fallen human beings and therefore dysfunctional. And and some we might have some here that said, I, I was really a very poor parent and now my kids aren't where they should be and and you know, I, I, you know, I am. Well, I, I when I'm saying that to say this: you're not going to want to miss the rest of Genesis, right. yes. because this family goes from bad to worse. Yes. And if you felt bad about your family after you've read about this family, you're going to feel really good about your family. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. So, in spite of everybody's efforts. God's word was true. God's word is never going to be circumnavigated. God is always going to have the last say. And it reminds us that faith is life without scheming.
0: Well, that is our lesson today here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layton Sheely. Thank you for taking a few moments out of your time to spend time with us here today. We trust it's been beneficial in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Questions about our broadcast? Maybe you'd like to know more about Church of the Highlands in San Bruno or review today's broadcast at your convenience. All of that is available on our website, highlands.us. Great place to start if you want to get to know us a bit better highlands.us tomorrow back in Genesis join us then for study verse by verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely